0: Hi, welcome to the Renew Ministries Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoyed this message by Tanner Reclitis and Zach Flipsy. For more information about Renew Ministries, please visit us on Facebook at Renew Ministries Sheboygan.
1: Let's pray before we get into God's Word. Lord, we thank you for your Word. We thank you that those those promises that we just sang, those are, those are directly from the Scriptures that you gave us. Lord, you've been so, so good, so, so generous with your people. And we don't take that for granted. That's not lost on us. So as we open your Word, may we uh, treat it reverently. We ask for your Spirit to be here because it's through your Spirit that we have wisdom. It's through your Spirit that we're able to hear and interpret and internalize the things in your word so be with us god we
0: know you are because that's what you've promised you are so good amen Amen. first of all can we give a round of applause as a thank you to zach (laughs) awesome so we have the kind of cool uh i think it's cool uh yesterday we got together so as i said earlier zach is from Oostburg. at first CRC in Oostburg. And he's on staff there, youth pastor, right? Youth and worship coordinator, I think is my title. Okay, cool. Um, So, Zach, can you spend 30 seconds, 60 max, telling us a little bit about you? Just so so everyone is. I'm born and raised
1: at Oostburg First Christian Reformed Church, so I'm a son of the church back in my home church, uh, which has its joys and its uh, pains. Uh, but it, it mostly Joyce. Uh, so I have been serving there for four years. I have a wonderful wife. She's born and raised in Sheboygan. Her name is Becca, and a very, very talented, beautiful daughter. Her name is Avi. She's about fifteen months old. Uh, I play guitar. I like sports. Uh, and I especially like the Milwaukee Bucks. Yeah,
0: especially the Bucks. Yeah. <laughs> That's most. That mostly makes me up. Those things. <laughs> awesome. So we. Uh this, this night was originally proposed as Zach plays music, Tanner preaches. And then we talked and we're like, how about we do a joint message? So we're trying something different, but I think it's going to be really fun. It's like a live podcast. Yeah, pretty much. So on the, on the topic of podcasting, first of all, does anyone not know what a podcast is? Jerry, all right. A podcast is basically a radio broadcast that anyone in the world can make. So it's through the internet, you can post, pod, like you record an episode, post it, you can podcast. It's pretty cool. So yesterday, Zach and I got together for about 15 minutes and uh, we talked through some topics for his church's podcast. And uh, you guys get the benefit of this being our second time doing yes, it. Yes, we're gonna be better. <laughs> so um, now that we're through the painful introduction, uh, we'll, we'll get right into it so tonight we're gonna talk through um, basically how to sustain a move of God and and the multi-generational aspect of God um, and and really what God's role is yeah. and what our role is yeah what's what's necessary for God to work yes and how does that continue to how does that continue to happen yeah absolutely so the first place we're going to go um not what I, I thought I'd probably never preach out of this book, but we're going to Leviticus 9. Uh, so we're going to go to Leviticus 9, then we're going to backtrack, actually, to Leviticus 6. But Leviticus 9, verses 22, 23, and 24. Then Aaron lifted his hand toward the people, blessed them, and came down from offering the sin offering, the burnt offering and peace offerings. And Moses and Aaron went into the tabernacle of meeting and came out and blessed the people. Then the glory of the Lord appeared to all the people, and fire came out from before the Lord, and consumed the burnt offering and the fat on the altar. When all the people saw it, they shouted and fell on their faces. So, fire falls from heaven. That's, miraculous, yeah. That is that is quite the miraculous thing. Uh, so then we're going to backtrack to Leviticus and So 6. that is,
1: I, I, I think what we, we have talked about is that's the first time that fire had come down onto the altar. So that's the first fire that the altar experienced, and it was done by God miraculously from heaven. So the first fire we get on the altar is God
0: lights it. Yeah, it started by God. So we're going to backtrack to Leviticus 6, um, verses 8 through 13. Thank you, Pam. Then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Command Aaron and his sons, saying, This is the law of the burnt offering. The burnt offering shall be on the hearth upon the altar all night until morning. And the fire... and the fire of the altar shall be kept burning on it. And the priest shall put on his linen garment, and his linen trousers he shall put on his body, and take up the ashes of the burnt offering which the fire has consumed on the altar, and he shall put them beside the altar. Then he shall take off his garments, put on other garments, and carry the ashes outside the camp to a clean place. And the fire on the altar shall be kept burning on it. It shall not be put out. And the priest shall burn wood on it every morning, and lay the burnt offering in order on it, and he shall burn on it the fat of the peace offerings. A fire shall always be burning on the altar. It shall never go out. So, to kind of jump into this passage, so in Leviticus 9, there's, so God lights the fire, right? So the initial spark that, that created a fire was done by God. But the priest of the temple had a responsibility to maintain the fire, to stoke it. So God can, in, God can send fire, right? And he does. He does very often, you know, revival history, just probably our own personal lives. There's been moments where God has set fire, but we are the ones that are responsible to stoke it. And so often the, the natural realm speaks of the spiritual. And uh, there's a very clear metaphor here in in your typical Friday or Saturday night bonfire. Just sitting out with family, friends, And y- you know, you might take a starter log, you might put uh, my dad calls it Girl Scout oil or Girl Scout something. The lighter fluid. It's cheating he is what he's Yeah, yeah. It, it, although he he makes fun of it and then he uses it for every bonfire. So I'm like, Dad, that's not Nothing. you can't make fun of it. Anyway. Um, so he, sorry. So in, in the, the fire that we start, no matter how, how it started, it's going to go out very quickly if we don't tend to it. Yeah, it takes work. Yeah. There's, there's work involved to actually put more wood on the fire, to move it around, to allow oxygen to get in there. There's kind of like a carefully crafting of a fire. Yeah. You know, you can't just, you can't just like dump a bunch of logs on there. It won't be as good of a fire. Right? It, it'll still probably burn, but it won't be as good. Well, in the spiritual, it works the same way, in that God sends fire, and we see this in Leviticus 9. God right, sends fire. And then in Leviticus 6, so before this had ever happened, he said, priest, now you're going to be responsible to keep this lit, and it, it shall always be burning. There shall always be a fire on this altar. It shall not go out. So there's really, um, I think that, so often I think back when I think about kind of stoking a, the spiritual fire. I think back to various moments in high school. Think about like camp trips or mission trips, um, where you go there and you get what I would refer to as a Jesus high, right. and uh, and you you well, think of the think of the common phrase we use on fire for God. Right? Yeah. You get on yeah the fire. Right? This is where that comes from. Yeah, exactly. So there's so we we come back. We're on this Jesus high. We're on fire for God. And if we don't do anything intentional, we're not, like, we're just not growing, right? The fire isn't being maintained if we're not continually making an effort to actually do something about it. So, and then all of a sudden, in two weeks, three weeks, maybe, maybe it extends a little bit longer, two months, three months, all of a sudden, you're like, God, where'd you go? And I'm sure everyone in this room has had a time in their life like that, where we've you said, like, God, what what's going on? And he's like, hey, I told you to stoke the fire. Yeah, And you didn't. Yeah. You have any thoughts on that? Yeah, well, it's I had never heard this talk before before you shared with me. It's this
1: beautiful picture uh, where God says, I light the fire, and God could also have said, and I keep the fire going for eternity. Is it beyond God to keep a fire going? Absolutely not. But for some reason out of some act of generosity, God says, I want you guys to participate in the work that I'm doing. And so what happens here, and we see it all throughout scripture, we see it in creation. God creates the world. Could God have been the steward of the world and kept it perfect for forever? Sure, that's not beyond God. But out of an act of generosity, God says, I want mankind, I want you guys to help me steward the world. And he gives us a little small work to do and we ought to do it. We see it in uh, how we come to faith, right? God does the the work of of coming into our hearts and, and convicting us. The Holy Spirit convicts us, and Jesus saves us out of no righteous act of ourself. God does the work, but after we have been converted, after we have the Holy Spirit in our heart, God says, you better bear fruit. You better do good works. So God did all the work, but he expects us to participate then after the fact. And so I just I just love this because I'd never thought of that before. And sometimes we make that we make this uh, like how do I how do I participate in God's work? We make that so difficult. Yes. And and I just my least favorite thing is spiritual gifts inventories. Oh my goodness. When they, your church may have sometime made you fill out the survey that you turn in, it's like two pages long, and then you get it back and it says, You're a shepherd and you're like What no I'm not, I work at a bank. Or no, I'm not, I work at a coffee shop. It's like we don't even know. So it's it's no use. We make it so hard. But what Romans twelve tells us, you know, when I'm when I'm teaching students, when they say, you know, especially seniors, I don't I don't know what part I play in all of this. I don't know what my role is in in participating in kingdom work on earth. What I read them is Romans twelve and it says, If your gift is teaching, then teach. We don't have to reinvent the wheel, right? So I I tell them, what are your gifts? Our spiritual gifts don't have to be this high thing that we have such a hard time figuring it out. God gave each and every one of us very clear gifts. Some of of us are gifted in in mathematics and numbers. Some of us are gifted in uh, uh, making conversation. Not everyone's good at making conversation. Some of us are gifted at um, loving other people. Some of us are gifted at making food. Some of us are gifted at... Uh, casting vision for big companies and on and on and on and on. And we try to reinvent the wheel when it comes to kingdom work and say, okay, I'm very obviously really good at music, but how can I help God? Am I supposed to start a nonprofit? No! Use your gifts in music! It's like God has lit this flame in you and He expects you to participate in the work. And so we try and reinvent the wheel a little bit in that way. And I, I don't know, you have thoughts about how. How do we, how does that work? How does that get worked out in our lives? We have this fire, how do we participate in it?
0: Yeah, so (laughs) I think where a lot of disconnect comes in in people's lives, where they live in this, like, oh, my life is not coherent with what I say. And I'm guilty of this, right? is that we, we might think, we might take take kind of like a, a personal inventory and say, like, where am I at right now? It's like August 22nd. Yeah, yeah. And you know, what, what is my life like today? What Am I living, am, like, is my living okay? And we'll look at it and we'll say, okay, that part of my life, that's coherent with what I, what I say I believe. And then we'll look at this part and we'll say, whoa, that's not coherent with what I believe. And... Uh, and when we do that we we have to obviously repent here and say God like I'm not I'm not called to do that God thank you that you did not you've not called me for that Thank you that you've called me higher and that we then find ways you know and a lot of it is honestly through exper- experimentation it's not most of the time when I have felt, uh, that that I was moving in the will of God, so to speak. It was due to, honestly, to me going, God, like I don't hear you clearly on this, but I'm just gonna go and do it, because I believe this is in line with your nature, you know. So you might not feel led to do. We we talk about like feeling led, <laughs> you know. And I people who have heard me speak before, I speak on this a lot, but um, there's a there's discipline that comes from. Just knowing what is, know knowing kind of what your, what your heart is after, you know. And if your heart's after God, you're going to go and pursue the things of God, and you're going to. Your giftings are going to to flow into that. We've had a, Does that make sense, yeah. everyone? Does that make sense?
1: We've, let me try another way to add it, too. I turned this off on accident. Sorry, There's Scott. That. Let me try another way at it. Well, we've had another conversation separately a while back, and I don't know if you remember it, but I do. So you can share it, two if you want. But there's this verse in the Bible uh, that says, uh, commit your ways to the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. I read this as a high schooler, and I'm like, sweet. If I commit myself to the ways of the Lord, I get everything I want. And so, so that I use that verse, and so basketball is a big part of my life, baseball is a big part of yours, basketball was a big part of my life and, and we had a good basketball team and we were a game away from state and i read this verse and it said commit your ways to the lord he will give you the desires of your heart and i thought if i work really hard at serving god this week he will give me the desires of my heart we will win this game and we're going to state that's how it works we lost <laughs> we lost and i felt crushed and i thought god you t- I, I i've been committed i I've been seeking after you my whole life. I worked so hard this last week to be at everything, to be doing my personal devotions. I committed my ways to you, and you didn't give me the desires of my heart. But what I missed in there, and I'll get to how this ties in. What I missed in there was the desires of my heart, if I've committed my ways to the Lord, ought to be God's desires. The desires of our heart, for those of us who believe, ought to be God's desires. Yeah, because
0: he backs up his word. Yeah.
1: And so I didn't I didn't realize that. I cared so much about basketball and my girlfriend uh, that I didn't realize that God had called me, you said, called me higher. Called me out of those simple, silly things to more important kingdom, everlasting type work. And so as I've been more and more formed over the years, uh, I, I start to learn what does... What does God desire? And shouldn't I also desire that? And when we understand what God desires, and when we understand what our gifts are, and we start putting those things together, hmm, now we start to have a recipe for success, how we participate in the work of stoking the fire. We can say, well, I'm good at this, this, and this. And I can look around me and see, God wants this, this, and this to happen because he says it in his word. And I'm not saying prophetic things like, God wants to have a business started across my street. Uh, That can happen, but simplify it and say, God wants hungry people to be fed. Hmm, I make money and I can give some of that money so that hungry people can be fed. And we can simplify it to to that nature. God has given me a gift in music. God desires that his people praise him. Can I do things like tonight where I help his people praise him by using my gifts? Yeah. And we can just make it that simple. God desires that our business practices are ethical. You work in a business, do it ethically. And now your desi- your desires and God's desires and your gifts and God's work all have, have come to this awesome head and you're doing kingdom work.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and that's where... That's one aspect of many of how the fire that God sends that we stoke in, right? There's also personal devotion. There's um, hearing testimony from other people. That's an incredible faith builder. There's there's spending time in the Word. They're spending time in, in just Christian meditation. So we're not talking about hmm, right? We're talking about contemplating and meditating on the Scriptures and, and just reflecting maybe maybe you've received a word from someone years ago and you're you're still either seeing it pass or you're you're waiting for it to come. And you just say, God, I believe that you are on this. Like I believe you're on this, you know. Um, so we're gonna move now to the final part of this. Which is which is so God has lit the fire and
1: yeah. we're doing the work of stoking it, but at a certain point my mortal body dies,
0: and then the fire goes out? Hopefully not. Why? <laughs> well, that's a great question. And God's heart is, is on this multi-generational thing. He is not... Um, I think a lot of times in churches, the youth will be experiencing something. You know, maybe in a larger church where you have a youth group of 20, 40, 50 kids, there will usually be something there because kids are hungry. And I don't mean naturally, they're, they're probably hungry too. They're growing. There are kids that eat a lot of food. Yeah. They're, they're gr- I was one of those kids. I ate a lot, but they're also hungry for something real, and they're they're hungry for they're hungry for God if God is real. Because if God's real, why wouldn't why wouldn't you want it? So the youth, like I remember in high school, I was just like, this is game on, you know, and youth group. Going after God, going to high school, going to a public school. I mean, witnessing to everyone and their brother. I remember one time I was my my locker buddy, who we used to be enemies in like seventh grade or something. And then in high school we get matched up as locker buddies for all four years. Day one I'm like, oh my gosh. It ended up being good, but we're we're walking out of of the school after. You know, one day after uh, classes had ended. And I I was like, hey, man, uh, I know you have knee issues, right? Yeah. And we're walking out. And, like, as we're walking, we're talking. I'm just sharing some stuff with him. And I said, hey, you know, let's, as we walk, you know, would you let me pray for you? He's like, yeah, sure. Sure. As we're walking, like, we didn't stop and put my hand on his knee. That can be good. Sometimes, God can move without you putting your hands on people, too. It's, it's, it's okay. <laughs> sure. Peter's shadow healed people. Um, and we're praying, and to be honest, I don't even remember what the result was. But like that guy had Jesus preach to him. And this, it's just, youth are hungry. Sorry, I, that was probably a story that didn't need to be told. But youth are hungry. Yeah. And today's youth are hungry for something real. And I think a lot of times the older generations will look kind of at the kids and say, well, revival is always in, in youth group. There's always something going on with the kids. And it doesn't have to be that way. So I'm going to pass it off to Zach because he knows his Bible.
1: Yeah, well how, well, how does the fire continue to be stoked 2,000 years later after Jesus has died, 2,000 years after all the apostles were killed? How, how has this fire continued to be going? And you said it. it's this multi-generational, intergenerational type of worship, type of ministry, where parents are te- teaching children, and, and students are informing their elders, and, and we're working together to pass down the faith, and working together, and these shared gifts that, that make up kingdom work. And I, I think the book of Haggai shares this story kind of in a I I think it's hilarious, it's a really funny story. But the the people had been exiled and the temple had been destroyed and they were out in Babylon and eventually Babylon fell and the people came back to Israel about 70 years later. So there are a few people left who were in Israel when the first temple was built. And they saw Solomon's temple and all of its splendor and it was gold and bronze and cedars and it was beautiful. And now they're back and the temple is destroyed. And so the people have returned to Israel, and they're just kind of sitting, doing nothing. And the word of the Lord comes to Haggai, and he prophesies to the people, and he says, Is it time for you yourselves to be living in your paneled houses while my house remains a ruin? In Haggai chapter 1. And he says, you guys have come back, you spent all your money on yourselves, and nobody's doing God's work, nobody's doing kingdom work. So the people say, you are right, God. We ought to rebuild the temple. We ought to build you a house where we can worship. So very literally doing God's work. And so they set out and they start rebuilding the temple. And the people who are left who had seen the original temple in chapter 2. In chapter 2 it says, uh, Who of you is left who saw this house in its former glory? So who... Who, who remembers Solomon's original temple and how awesome it was? How does the new one, how does it look to you now? Does it not seem to you like nothing? But now be strong, declares the Lord. Be strong, Joshua, the high priest. Be strong, all you people of the land, declares the Lord. And work So the older people who had seen the original temple are watching this new one get built and they go oh my goodness this is beneath us. Do you remember the good old days when the temple was a sight to be seen? One of the wonders of the ancient world. Do you remember how great it was when we were doing ministry in in Israel years ago? Do you remember how good we were? How good we had it? And God says that's Not the point. It's okay if these younger people have come in and done it differently. I've asked you simply to work. To be strong and work. And then God ends, he says, uh, this is what the Lord Almighty says, in a little while I will once more shake the heavens. And he's talking about in the future that this temple will be destroyed again. And now we know that uh, Jews aren't in that promised land anymore. And uh, eventually he says, what makes this temple great isn't what it looks like, but it's the God who sets his glory in the temple. And we know that God doesn't change. So despite what the temple looked like, despite what our ministries look like, despite the age of the people who are doing it, God is the same God, and what he commands us simply is to work. And so if we all work together, even though church might not look like what it looked like 70 years ago, even though missions might not look what it looked like 70 years ago, even though worship might not sound like it sounded like even 10 years ago, God says, it doesn't matter because my glory is still the same. The God that you're worshiping is still the same. And what I've commanded you to isn't a certain type of missions, isn't a certain type of gathering. What I've commanded you is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, and to love thy neighbor as yourself, and do that work. That's how he ask us to stoke that fire, is this intergenerational thing where it doesn't matter what we prefer, it doesn't matter how we've done it in the past, but if we're doing it together, and we're, we're seeking after God, if we're doing the work,
0: it lasts. Yeah. And uh, I just want to end with one encouragement. Um, obviously, Zach and I, how do I say this lightly? We you bring down the average age, uh, we're thankful for kids <laughs> that really do that. But but we want to thank you guys for being faithful followers of Jesus. Oh, man. Because, How much time do we have? <laughs> because there... are peop- I mean, Zach, what? You're 25? 26? Yeah. 25? 25. All right. I only know that because you asked me yesterday. Otherwise, <laughs> I wouldn't remember. Um, I'm 23. Zach's 25. We need. I mean, people our age me, Zach, even Zach, yeah. He like We need people that have been faithfully following Jesus for 40, 50, 60, 70, a long time. We need people that have been following Jesus for a long time because there's just something about experience that you cannot get anywhere else. And walking through the trials of life, I mean, I talked with my dad today and, and he was telling me things that You know, I just would have never thought of. And I'm like, man, like, that information comes from experience right there. Like, he just turned 60. He has 37 years on me, but he had such wisdom over a decision that is pretty important in my life that just comes from him living life. So I want to encourage you, you all have something extremely valuable in that you have been following Jesus. Or likely longer than either of us, longer than many uh, many people you will encounter just in your average day, and that's that's a gift, that's a treasure that you can you can hold on to. Like, you can make that thing your baby, but then you have to let other people hold your baby. <laughs> you can't hold on to it. You have to say you have to say here's my experience. You know here's where I've seen God move. Here's that time when I was 26, newly married, we had no money, and here I am today. I, I survived. Here's the time that, that I got very sick, and God saw me through it. Here's the time that I was heartbroken over the loss of, of a mother, of a father. And you can pass those things on to the next generation. You can pass those things on to people within our own generations, and those things, the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. And, and when you say, when you share your story, it actually releases grace that imparts faith. That, um, that it actually just imparts faith into that person, into the person hearing it. And whether they're a believer or not, you sharing your story, there's an impartation of grace that happens. Uh, that, that only God can do. So that is where we will end. But um, I will pray, and then we will we will uh, we'll sing a song. I will say one thing before we pray. Uh, we are going to to take an offering during the final song. Um, Zach will lead us. I will be standing, or or Steve, or someone. We'll, Steve will. We'll be standing right here, and uh, we have on the envelopes. You can fill out name if you want to have a given record. Um, there's also prayer request cards. You can put that in there. We will be praying for you over, um, over the next week and beyond. Um, so I want to thank you all for coming. And uh, let's pray. Jesus, we thank you. We thank you that you are so good. And we thank you that what you start doesn't always have to have an end date. We thank you that, that your vision for earth is heaven to invade earth. And we thank you that out of your insane, crazy plan, you've decided to uh, to allow us and to actually invite us to be a part of that. So, Lord, we, just, we thank you for, for the gift that you've given us, which is participation in your kingdom. God, we thank you. For we just thank you for for the gathering of believers, and we thank you for the multi generational aspect of who you are, that you are the God of yesterday, today, and forever. Um, that you actually straddle three time zones, and that you say, you, you say, i I'm, I'm the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. That you do not um, change, and that just as you have lived yesterday, today, and tomorrow. Oh, you, you invite us into that story, and that that the the family that you have brought into our life can actually reflect that nature of who you are. So God, we thank you, and and I just want to end with everyone saying the Lord's Prayer together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Thank you so much for joining us here on the Renew Ministries Sermon of the Week. We pray that you've been inspired to live the life God has for you through this message. If you would like to connect with us, please reach out on our Facebook page. Just type in Renew Ministries Sheboygan in the search bar and send us a message. We would love to connect with you.